1: Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. brought to you by Digitex. Managed print services to keep your printing costs down? Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A on Oilers Radio, 630
0: Chad. Just before we bring aboard Louis DeBras, because we're going to talk about Mike Tyson. This text comes in. Uh, you know, George Laroque apparently said. On, we'll have to. I'm, I'm pretty sure we'll get to this with George. Well, I know we're going to get to this with George coming up later on. Bob, Mike Tyson has his own weed product line. He was a regular user to keep his ego in check while he while while he wasn't fighting. He stopped using and started training, which lit his fire to compete in boxing again. He's made a resurgence, but I do wonder how he can keep it all together. He's admitted to having demons uh, that get the better of him. Well, you know what. Um, I'm from the school, always give people the benefit of the doubt and believe that people can get to a better place and believe that people can grow. And the question I asked is, has Mike Tyson reinvented himself? I think he has. I also think George LaRock is completely crazy if he thinks he can climb into the ring with Mike Tyson. Let's find out what uh, Louis DeBrusque uh, has to think because he joins us right now in the River Cree Resort Casino Hotline. Louis, would you want to climb into the ring with Mike Tyson? <laughs>
1: much you're paying me it better be a lot <laughs> it better be a lot to get knocked out really fast um, no you know what I, I I heard that and I just laughed it's not the first time that George has come out with a bold statement he's probably crazy enough to jump in the ring but I don't like his chances one little bit but you know I'm sure it's something that George will explain as more of a there, I can tell you right now there's, there's a 100% no chance that he thinks he can win the fight it would be for the publicity of it uh, potentially if it's uh, for charity for money whatever it is but um, there's not too many people that do want to jump in the ring with mike tyson even at what 53 years old is he now
0: yeah um, do you, remember?
1: you know i you know and i heard what you said there previously too and i followed mike tyson a little bit here and i do agree with you i think he did reinvent himself i think he You know, put in a lot of time, did a lot of soul searching, obviously came up in a hard life and a very tough business and was the heavyweight champion of the world. With that comes, you know, attention, fame, fortune, and obviously he didn't handle that very well at a young age. Um, But I do agree with what you you said, Bob. He started to resort back to that since he started getting back in the ring. And he talked about that on Joe Rogan's podcast, one of the podcasts that I watched with him, that his mentality – you know it kept it in check he didn't go in the ring he didn't train because he didn't want to have that fighting spirit and that mentality and those demons come back well if you just listen to him i i think he, he's becoming the old mike tyson a little bit so i'm a little concerned for him in that regard he's going to have to keep that in check but i also know that being in the fight game myself and having quite a few fights under my belt um that you have to have that mentality if you want to be successful in that business you're going into a you know, a ring with another guy that's trying to take your head off. You have to have that killer instinct, that mentality. And unfortunately for him, they they go hand in hand. The demons are going to come back, but uh, he's still a formidable guy. I mean, you watch him train at 53 years of age, the power, the speed. Um, Sorry, Big George, I love you, buddy, but this is biting off way more than you can chew.
0: (laughs) Well, I mean, let's face it, when he was in his prime, I mean, look out.
1: Yeah, he was much. I, you watched, know what I'm he was right much now, Bob prime. Much, watch him hit the bag at fifty three. He's going to break yeah. ribs with those those hooks like that. <laughs> and listen, George is an enormous human being. And, he, and but but Tyson, look at the guys he fought like Crusher Smith and these big guys that were coming in there trying to maul him and grab him. And he's just too good. Do you Everyone remember he was just a pure puncher. His movement was impeccable. He's an yeah. amazing athlete. He's just a freak of nature. But you know what? Um, it'll be entertaining. I can tell you one thing. I'll certainly tune in and watch it happen. Do you remember, sure. well, everybody,
0: what, what, like, you know, Mike Tyson, for our listeners right now, and the majority of our listeners do remember when Mike Tyson was a heavyweight champ. I, I, like, Donovan Razor Ruddock. He, he threw, he threw and he threw bombs. What was that punch that he had? He had that unique punch and it just time.
1: Yes, he did, and it was um, it was. I'm trying to remember. I don't want to get it wrong because the boxing fans will give me heck for it. But it was a punishing blow, and if he caught you with it, it was really dangerous. Right,
0: and I think um, I think I think Tyson said after he fought Ruddock, he said you know, he, it, it hits like a mule kick. That's yeah, how hard, you know, that's how hard almost he hits. I just want
1: to say it was a cross between a hook and an uppercut. It was kind of yeah. one of those diagonal punches that came from a different angle, and if he caught you with it, like... Yeah. Yeah, you know, I've always been a student of the fight game, Bob. As you know, you have. I know you, Jack, and I have discussed boxing back in the day and its heyday and and in the years, the golden years of boxing, you know. when you know, for me, I used to love the heavyweights, but I also loved... You know marvelous Marvin Hagler you know he was one of my favorites that guy had a chin of granite he couldn't hurt him Sugar Ray Leonard and him had a war I thought they should have fought more um you know it was the power was in that somebody name. somebody's
0: calling it the power jab does that sound uh, right
1: power jab yep that's it right there yeah and you know what it was I've watched I recently watched that video on it just you know in the wee hours of the night getting going down a rabbit poll and youtube and, <laughs> and i ended up on mike tyson fights again but yeah. uh you know which happens fairly common but uh, oh no you know, no wait now we're here's... getting
0: we're getting we're getting uh different uh verbiage on the type of the the, the punch as we go to the ashley five floors text line bob it was called Razor Ruddock the smash or his shovel punch a kind of hybrid punch a left Hook that twisted into an uppercut so yeah, there you
1: it go the hybrid between a hook and a uppercut uh-huh. so again I, I was guessing but it was an educated guess and i like i said yeah. i don't want to i know that um i've always had a great respect for boxing i know mma has kind of taken over the spotlight but boxing for me is so technical and it's just uh you know the footwork i used to train with the late daryl duke when i was when i was playing i used to hit the heavy bag the speed bag the hand pads and he used to make me do all that stuff the boxers do. And I just loved it. You know, it was just a, it was an amazing environment to be in when you were in a gym where guys were training all together. And just like, you know, you could just tell everybody had, it always reminds me of Apollo Creed when he took Rocky into his hometown gym when he was a kid, that he worked behind it yeah. in and the, the eye of the tiger. When <laughs> You go in the gym and it's like, oh boy, these guys are training for one thing and one thing only. And uh, you realize that very quickly. I got in the ring with an 185 pound. Um, boxer and I mean I, I was probably a foot and a half late on my punches like it was ridiculous how late I was on my punches and they're just so fast and quick in the ring that's why listen I, I love George to death but no this this is either a publicity stunt or he just wants to get his head taken off because. You don't want to step in there. Well, let me
0: ask you this. So, we're talking, and and Louis, we'll get to a little bit of the Oilers stuff coming up later in the conversation. Louis Debrusk joining us on uh, the Thursday edition of Oilers Now. Bob Stoffer and Brendan Escott with you. And we will tell you that Louis Debrusk is today's headliner. And where, there it is. Uh, the orders now headliner brought to you daily by Touchback Safety. Touchback remains open for training, taking all necessary precautions to ensure the safety of their staff and clients. So, so Mike Tyson was my must watch TV. We have the must watch TV guy in the NHL on, on the orders team. Conor McDavid, I think that's I, – I don't mean to sound egotistical. This show is called Oilers Now. He's the most electrifying, exciting player in the league to watch. You can text us on our Ashley Fine Floor's text line to say which other players you love watching. But I'm going to – let's cross over to different sports here. I love watching Lamar Jackson, okay? I think Lamar Jackson, the quarterback for the Ravens. And I know he's not all there yet in terms of how far he's going to grow and, and play. I mean, you can make an argument right now that the guy in Kansas City is better than Lamar Jackson. Most people would agree. That guy's already won a Super Bowl and an MVP. Uh, But I I love watching Lamar Jackson. Obviously, you know, LeBron is a a guy that's a a must-watch player. Probably, in my opinion, the second greatest basketball player of all time. Who are much uh, must-watch guys for you?
1: Oh, good question. Um, You know, I mean, obviously, I, I watched a lot a lot more sports when I was younger, when it was, you know, just had that for me, just growing up and growing your roots. But in today's, you know, Roger Federer was a guy that if he's on TV, I'm watching him. Raphael Nadal, I'm a big tennis guy. Uh, I love tennis. I grew up playing tennis. Um, You know, Federer for me is the most dominant player ever. Nadal is the most dominant on clay. We'll go down probably with 15 to 18 majors the French Open. I mean, if he continues, I mean, if his body can hold up, I just don't think the guy can be beat uh, very often when he's on his game. Um, for that matter, and then you know what? LeBron is a guy. LeBron certainly has brought me back to basketball. You know, I watch him when when he won again with his third different team. I just, you know, Jake and I were watching the game, saying, so, "You know, this guy." wherever he goes, he literally throws a team on his back and brings them to the championship. It's ridiculous. And I know he's had a lot of tries and he's lost games, but just getting there is an achievement. And winning the ones that he has won with different teams is, you know, all to respect for me. I just I just think he's one of those guys that you never know when he's just going to take control of the game and be amazing. Um, but I agree with you with Connor. You know, I was thinking about that the other day, driving around, you know, in this pandemic and the things we've lost. And I'm like, you know, you forget how, you know, we have the benefit and the pleasure of watching um, Connor play each and every day. In this, uh, where we live here in Edmonton, you know, this is where he plays. This is where he dominates. And he's just getting started, you know, for me. I think him and Leon are really just getting started in what they're trying to achieve, obviously. And uh, greater things are going to come in the future for them. The best players in the game always find a way, typically, to get there. And I would say more often than not, I mean, there's only a couple, maybe in the history of the game, that don't win it. But I just think that you're never, you're not going to keep a championship from Connor McDavid. He's going to eventually win one. And uh, I just, I think that's an amazing, amazing thing because he is a generational player. He, he's one of the best players, if not the best player we've ever seen, come through the NHL ranks. And I, I'm talking all time now. Even if you put him back in any era, with the way he plays the game right now. Um, I don't think anybody touches him. I really don't.
0: Were you there when Wayne uh, was with us and we were asking him how many points he thought Connor would have scored when he played?
1: And that's the greatest thing about Wayne. I mean, he is the greatest. Listen, I, let me rephrase. I, I still think Wayne's the greatest player of all time, and I, you know, you know that, and I, I'm good friends with Wayne, but I just. You know, what? I look at him and what he's achieved, he still leads in assists alone, and that's going to be a really hard record to... <laughs> you know, I mean, he just... He's an all-time points leader, and just his as assists don't even count as goals. Like, it's ridiculous. But, but... It was a different era, and that's the greatest thing about Wayne, though, Bob, as you know very well. He's realistic in that way. He's never been afraid to give the younger generation of players their due. And he is... I mean, it's the greatest player in the game. When he speaks, I just think he has such a keen eye for that, and yeah,
0: you know, he he really respects what Connor can do. Yeah. Uh you'll find this one interesting. The only uh here we go. Mike Tyson was this is from Brian. This is Mike Tyson not even in the top ten. Ollie, Norton, Foreman, Fraser, Spinks, Holmes, not even close. And I'm forgetting about yeah, a couple too. Yeah, I agree with you. I mean Mike so, Tyson, yeah. Mike I mean, Tyson, the power that he would come out with and and it was, and we're talking about guys. That, it was, it was must-watch TV.
1: Yeah, I'll tell you what. He was, um, I mean, a polarizing figure, no question about that. But sure. he was, uh, he was the ticket. He was. the I mean, ticket what's the back ba- then. It was ridiculous. There isn't anybody that's in our age group, and that means I'd say even 15 years before us and 15 years after us, and now even the younger generation of people who understand and have seen Mike Tyson in movies. Um, And, you know, what he's done, like I'm telling you, he was he was just an amazing juggernaut of a personality. He really was. You just could not look. I mean, um, but here's the thing. I disagree with that person that made that statement. And that's just an opinion. Obviously, it will never know. But if you put all of them in their prime and go ahead, put all of them in their prime, he's right in there and he's knocking Muhammad Ali right out. He's going to knock him out. And then the next one, Muhammad Ali might knock him out, catching him with one. Like, I just think in his prime, he could go up against anybody. He was a beast.
0: James Buster Douglas knocking out Mike Tyson. I think most people would suggest. Is not suggest. The, it's true. He didn't train for it. It's the great. It's it's one of the greatest upsets in boxing history. And I know Ali coming back and beating Foreman in '74, and Foreman being, you know, he was he was a pretty special guy, and a lot of people thought Ali was past his prime then, but not even close to Douglas upsetting uh, Tyson back in the day as well. Believe it or not, I, I you know I, I mentioned Lamar Jackson, and the Pat Mahomes fans came out on the Ashley Fine Forest text line, which I expected. But we have people that are telling me that they think that Russell Wilson of the Seattle Seahawks is a more exciting player to watch than Lamar Jackson. Um, I think Russell Wilson's real George is going to like that because he's a big Seahawks fan. But he does. Is there a guy that you watch when, when I mean, you, you like to hunt a lot in the fall, but is there an NFL player that you love to watch play?
1: You know what? Uh, back in the day, I was uh Chicago Bears. You know, I love the Bears, and I just like, you know, Walter Payton, for me, was just outstanding. And you you know, Riggins. Riggins was another guy. I just like guys that grabbed that ball and ran through people. You know, that that to me, um, the refrigerator Perry. you know, for me, guys like that, when the ball got in their hands, you knew it was going to be explosive. You knew that there was going to be bodies crashing, and more often than not, those guys were getting through that traffic, which I just always found. Amazing, because these guys, all they're getting paid to do is to try and stop you, and they can't, which always just makes me shake my head. But, yeah, just a different sport. I mean, its I always respect that I tried to play it back in the day, actually. uh, When I first moved away from home to play hockey, I tried to play for the high school team, and they denied me playing. But I would have liked to have played the game, Bob. Why didn't they let you play? Well, because they brought me in to play hockey. And that was pretty much, they called me in the office and said, listen, we didn't bring you here to play football. You get hurt in the football field and it hurts us. So we would rather you not play football. I'm sure that if I really would have argued and said no, but it was the first year living away from home. And I totally respect that and understand that. But uh, it's a game we didn't have in my hometown growing up in Port Elgin. I wish we would have. We didn't have baseball either as far as organized baseball or football. And uh, I think I would have played both. My dad was a big baseball fan. I'm sure he would have thrown me in baseball. And uh, I would have just liked to experience those, those games, those um, sports at a, as a youth. So that's why I went to other things. I went to tennis. I went to basketball. I went to golf. I mean, whatever. I think kids should play a whole bunch of different things and try. And, you know, the great thing about those sports is you can – I played a lot of pickup football and I played a lot of pickup baseball where we just grabbed all the gear, went out to a field, and we just played.
0: We've never, well, done yeah. that on the ro- We've never
1: done that on the road. We've never done that on the road, Louie. We all fun- started to hurt ourselves playing football on the road. So we stopped, but you know, it's funny. Um, I think you're starting to see more kids get out in the fields and stuff and do things like that too. And I think that's exciting to me. I mean, you know what? I, I think that that's where you should be. I, I know that it's a a technology driven world, but you know, I'm out chasing whitetails right now. I'm in the tree stand whenever I can be. I'm, that's what I do. I like to be out in the woods and I like to sit in tree stands and chase animals and, you know what? Working on this thing with uh, Wild TV, Bozone Live, which will be the last couple weeks of November, which is a live-based show with guys hunting whitetails in the Bozone. I mean, I'm really excited about it. It's going to be fun.
0: All right, a couple quick hitters. By the way, you truly are a modern-day Renaissance man. You know why? You hunt and you like tennis. I'm not sure. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I think some people might might have thought hey, that. But listen, I've always been open for new experiences. Here's the thing: I, you, I, you can't. You know what? I uh I know people look at I, – listen, I joke that I'm big fed. I call myself big fed, you know, because I still got the one-handed backhand. That was what everybody had back in the day. Nobody had a two-handed backhand. But uh, – You know, Jack and I will play when we can. Uh, Tony Breyer came out with one of his buddies, and we played. They won, too. We had him a couple of times, and we couldn't finish him. Oh, no. The mobility isn't quite there like it used to be, that's for sure. But uh, Tony's pretty good. Jack's a good tennis player, too, and I know he comes from a tennis background, his family, so we have a lot of fun. It's a great game that you can pick up with a racket and a ball, and you can have a ton of fun for hours.
0: Do you remember when we played uh, football, and the team has a trainer, and uh, the trainer has a prosthetic arm, as you know. Uh, a guy that works with the players, and he was unbelievable. And I just told him, run as fast as you can, and I'll throw it as far as I can. And he ran after, like, like he ran under three balls in a row, just lit. Uh, oh, man, it was awesome. And
1: he's the best athlete on the entire plane, Louis. So, Yep. You know, he, we, uh, unfortunately for you and I, we... Uh We don't transition as fast as we used to, and when we do, (laughs) our body hurts the next day. It was funny watching everybody come down the elevator the next day, limping, hold the shoulder, back sore. I mean, you know who the guy that was sneaky good, too, and good shape for his age? Kevin Quinn. Kevin Quinn's a guy that, you know, he's got that long reach, he's a good receiver, gets himself open, he kind of sneaks into the holes, and uh, you know what? For his age, that man's in good shape.
0: Chad Drummond, by the way, what an awesome yeah, athlete. Chad, pick.
1: well, I'll tell you what, Chad, he was the player of the game. The first game he played with us, nobody was throwing the ball, and then we went to him every single time we could because he never missed. And I mean, he, You couldn't catch him. I mean, he's no, an elite his, sprinter, uh, so you're I mean, not touching him when he gets running. <laughs> was, and uh, he won the game for us. Yeah. Hey, <laughs> he won the game for us. All right, let's do some
0: quick hitters, Louie, just to wrap up. And again, thank you for doing this. This will be your last appearance for November, and we'll try to get you back on up in December when we have a little bit better idea when we're going to get started. The Oilers signed Dominic Cahoon. How dramatically has Ken Holland changed the makeup of what Edmonton can do with their forward groups as compared to a year from now, in your opinion?
1: Well, he's done the same thing that he did in the first year that he took over. Uh, He's really shuffled the deck. And obviously he didn't like some of the things that he saw from the first – Go at it. So what do you do? You go out and you change things, and that's exactly what he's done. You know, on Dominic Cahoon, he's a player that he's only played a couple of years in the league. He played over in Germany, and the thing for me is, there's always players that you watch and you only get a little taste of them because you don't see them that often. And you you watch them and you say, wait a second, I think there's more to that player. You know, it's he might be suppressed in that situation, but I think there's more there. And he's one of those guys for me that kind of stood out for me in that regard. He's a sound player. He's a 200-foot player. He's been a plus player his whole career. Um, I just, you know what? Listen, I, I think it's a good fit. Obviously, he's very good friends with Leon Dryson, which is always a welcoming um, situation when you're a new player coming to a new team. You step in there and you're really good friends with one of the stars. Done. Like, it's just, it's just a good fit. And I do think that he's one of those guys that uh, he's obviously played with Leon a lot. He could slip in on that second line. He could slip on on that line, and now Nugent Hopkins could stay with McDavid. I mean, it just opens up opportunities. Kalturis now in the third hole. Um, things are starting to shape up. Uh, I, I like the aggression and uh, what Ken Holland's tried to do, on, obviously under a budget, and he's been able to pick up, for me, a very serviceable player in Cahoon for under a million dollars. I just think it's a good signing. It's never going to hurt them because he's a safe player. And he can jump up and down your lineup column. Louie, awesome
0: stuff. Enjoy the break. We'll touch base in December, okay? Sounds good, bud. You bet. Uh, the true renaissance man of the rotational Oilers now uh, Guess the one and only Louis DeBrusque. It is 1254 in Edmonton. We'll take a quick timeout. You're listening to Oilers now.
2: Hi, this is Ryan Nugent-Hopkins
1: from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on 630 Chet.
0: Roos Chris Steakhouse, it's the greatest steak you've ever had. It's Edmonton-owned and operated, and it's open Wednesday from Sunday. Wednesday through Sunday from 5 p.m. until close. Head down to 99.90 Jasper Avenue. Tell Brendan, Maggie Taylor, and the staff at Roos Chris at Oilers Now sent you. Bob Stoffer and Brendan with you. We just had Louis DeBrusque on coming up at 105 today brian burke for canadian power pack alberta's leader in electrical construction and service electrical prefabrication and solar i brought up lamar jackson being the most exciting uh, player for me to watch in the nfl on our ashley fine floors text line uh, we had a couple guys mention, what about russell wilson this texter says bob from a cardinals fan what about kyler murray i believe he's going to be better than lamar jackson of course, Pat Mahomes is pretty good with KC. Uh, Brendan,
2: I, I i might have an idea who you're going to pick because I know who your favorite NFL team is. Yeah, I mean, you got to have Deshaun Watson in that conversation. Unfortunately, like he just, when they traded uh, DeAndre Hopkins to Arizona, I think you saw exactly how much he meant to Deshaun. And I think you see how much he means now to Kyler Murray, who is my answer to your question, by the way. Just watching the way that Kyler's been playing this year for Arizona, he uh, He's fun when he gets out of the pocket, Bob. And because he's a little bit smaller and he's got those little legs just moving a million miles a minute, but the agility um, combined with the stability of that guy and then his ability to get the ball down the field to a pretty good receiving core, which, again, includes DeAndre Hopkins. uh, Kyler's, Kyler's great. He makes sliding look interesting to me.
0: Well, a great, great athlete, obviously. He was offered huge money to play baseball. Uh, one of the challenges, I mean, right now for Lamar Jackson, uh, former Heisman Trophy winner out of Alabama, Mark Ingram is out. I, I don't think they've got an elite receiver, uh, and he goes a lot to the tight end. And some people say he's never going to be uh, a top-end passer, but the guy did win the league MVP last year. Mahomes won it the year before. Uh, aren't they trying to trade another one of Houston's receivers as well? The
2: trade deadline passed on Tuesday, and they well, were they, they were shopping Will Fuller only I for know. another second-round pick. So. I know. Okay. It, it's, you know what? it's a, the, the thing about the
0: NFL is guys are eminently replaceable. I hate to say it, but it's the reality of the situation. I mean, there's so much depth in terms of the players that get produced, and contracts aren't guaranteed. So you're not stuck. I mean, look at Le'Veon Bell, who's his best running back in the league with Pittsburgh, or certainly one of the top three guys, goes to the Jets, Bad situation for him. They just cut him. (laughs) Like it's... (laughs) I mean, in hockey, that would be like the Oilers signing Milan Lucic. And then two years in, you know, one of the top power forwards in the league, two years in, cutting him. 1258 in Edmonton off to a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell. Back with Brian Burke for Canadian Power Pack on Oilers Now. Oilers
1: Now with Bob Stauffer. Weekdays at noon